Welcome to the Birth Uprising podcast with me, Jade. And me, Alex. We're two birth experts who aren't afraid to say it how it is. Join us weekly where we will discuss everything pregnancy, birth and postnatal. We'll be joined by special guests with all sorts of expertise. So be ready to get informed, get knowledgeable and realise how fucking amazing you truly are. Welcome to another episode of Get Ready to Birth Like a Badass with us. Um, <laughs> with us, us, I couldn't bother to say our names. You were expecting us. You knew who it's going to be. You know who we are. You know. Um, so yeah, another week, another um, illness, another, another <laughs> fucking illness. Oh my god, all three of my children are ill. Um, it is awful. Each one of them has their own special illness as well. So they've all got the same virus, but it's hit them all differently. I've got a cough, I've got a headache, and I've had earache, um, which is honestly been so fun, as I'm sure you can imagine. Um, so yeah, that's what I've been doing. Um, and I hope nobody else has had to deal with the shit show that has been my week. You've all right at the moment. You're all right, aren't they? Yeah, I think so. I mean, the usual. Nothing to complain about there, really. Oh, jealous. I know, I'm sorry. No, awful. <laughs> Absolutely awful. Though, I will say one of my finest parenting moments happened last night while my seven-year-old Rudy, he's got this awful cough. Like, any time he gets ill, it goes to his chest. And he's coughing every five seconds. And I said to him, what can I help you get to sleep with? It was like 11 at night and he couldn't. He was like, maybe a lullaby. <laughs> I was like, all right. I was like, well, what sort of song? And he was like, I don't know any. And I was like, I tell you what, I'll sing you what I used to sing you when I was little. And the, when she was little. And the only song that I know without having to look is Teenage Dirtbag. Um, so I know all the lyrics to that. So I got him sat up in bed in a little comfy uh like pillow thrown and I sang him teenage dirtbag in lullaby form while stroking his nose and he fell asleep so I was like winner winner chicken dinner um I was very very pleased with that why not why not he was uh over the moon with it he was asleep and I could go downstairs and get on with watching the Sopranos oh I see mm. didn't know you were watching Sopranos I'm re-watching it, it. Yeah. yeah 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 I was thinking you can't have made it to 2023 without no. watching the Sopranos I think I've probably watched it three times round mm. but it's very good I ha- am developing a crush on Tony <laughs> that's when you know you're getting old I know <laughs> I'm looking at him like gosh you're actually quite attractive like I'm liking the manliness of all of this and then actually he's not an attractive fellow is he no, but not something, one something about a man that can Kill beat man. another man to death that does it for me <laughs> I think there's something in that you know we're, I think we're meant to you know since we're going to be outside mm-hmm. we're going to be outside in the olden days yeah, yeah. we would have been outside no door locks and stuff it kind of makes sense that you would spend time with someone that can keep you yeah. alive from all the other fuckers out why there why am I married to my husband then he's <laughs> <laughs> alright pansy <laughs> oh, I am I am the strong one in my family I do like a sensitive man but uh I just really fancy Tony Soprano at the moment. He's my, my current crush. Lovely. I know. What else are you watching? This is um, why I need to know. I'm always watching Grey's Anatomy. Are you? Because I just re-watch it. I'm on like my third time of watching it. Season 15 I've just started. Oh, um, I've never seen any of Grey's Anatomy. So you know. good, man. My mum started watching it um, mm. a few months ago. I think she's on like season 10. Um, my stepdad texted me the other day saying, I started watching Grey's Anatomy on your recommendation. I was hating it on episode one, but I'm on episode six now and I'm loving it. Okay. Um, so I'm excited for him getting through it. Do you, I is it, it. It's a neurodiverse thing, isn't it? The whole watching the same thing over and, yeah. yeah. I'm um, on New Girl as well now, which you know okay, is my... Yeah, yeah. You know that I've maybe not been quite all right if I'm re-watching New Girl. <laughs> I need a bit of stability in my life and it's uh, um, New Girl. I think Brooklyn Nine-Nine is my new mm. girl. Like I, that's my funny one that I watch over and over. I hate Amy from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. She makes my skin crawl. Yeah. I think it's I think she's a bad actress. Okay. And I then, think that's fair. Yeah. Um, I just think she's a bit annoying. Yeah. That's not... Like, my personality type is not that. No. That kind of... Everything's got to be perfect. <laughs> like, as you can tell, I think... Done is better than perfect. Yeah, which is one of our favourite sayings. Yeah. Love Rosa Diaz. Like, Rosa yeah. Diaz is my favourite. Also, you, have you watched Encanto? You know um, that's not her actual real voice in real life? 
That's not what she sounds like. That mm. deep, like, voice. She's got, like, a normal voice. She puts a normal on. voice. <laughs> right, okay. I was very upset by this. I like oh. her kind of gravelly tones. I've seen her in something else as well, and I can't think what it is now. Mm. Anyway. Yeah, sorry, I just wanted to say. <laughs> oh, do you know what I haven't told you? I, for a brief moment on Saturday night, I began thinking that I had a long-lost brother in a comedian, right? What? Sorry, so, what? <laughs> okay. So, uh, let me explain it to yes, you. Yes, please do. <laughs> so, if you've seen the comedian Matt Reif, you may or may not have. Um, I'm I, um, I saw him when I was watching, like, Facebook Reels, and he kept coming up. I thought it was quite funny. A lot of, like, funny engagement. Him? Um, yeah. Okay. Like, audience participation mm-hmm. type things. Very dry. Um, and I decided to watch his YouTube special, and as I was watching it, I thought, he looks so much like my dad and my cousin and my uncle. Is this what and your dad looked like? Yeah. Your dad was attractive. <laughs> <laughs> and as I was watching it, I was thinking, this is so weird. And then I showed it to Des when he got home and he was like, yeah, he could be your brother because he looks so much like them. Um, and I was like, oh, okay, he's 27. So when did I go to Florida? Because he is American. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. Are you Did thinking I go when to you Florida when my dad shagged his mum? <laughs> um, it's okay because my dad and my mum weren't together when we went to Florida. Oh, okay. They were just holidaying for the kids, as in me. And um, so, yeah, I was thinking, oh my God. And then I even looked up his birthday, birthday September, so it doesn't fit. Right. Unless he was like very premature or something. I don't think I went to Florida in the winter time. <laughs> I'm also, I got in the shower, still thinking about this, and I thought, I'm not even sure that was the year I went to Florida. <laughs> <laughs> but for like a whole half hour, Are you really he, was, he was my brother, yeah. I thought. And Had I thought, you this like, is hilarious. dreamt up what was going to happen when you met? Um, Had a little future forward? I, I did consider whether my Instagram message may go to his requests or <laughs> whether he was ever going to see it, but I kind of wanted to find out about his backstory, you know, like... Yeah. Did you never know your dad? Because yeah. if not, he's mine. I think I know who he is. <laughs> and he's dead. <laughs> he's no longer with us, but I can show you a picture. <laughs> Look in the mirror. Looks a bit like you, to be honest. But yeah, so that was my um, Saturday night. That's amazing. Well, I'm really upset for you that you've lost a brother. That's yeah, upsetting. That's fine. There could be others out there. I mean... There's always hope. Obviously, that seems like a really bad thing for some people, but my parents... Separated mm. when I was like two. Mm-hmm. My dad died when I was six. That's four years you could be out there making children that yeah. are perfectly, you know, you haven't done anything wrong. Yeah, and they could be wealthy. <laughs> and they might buy you some nice things. Like, oh, you're my sister. Have some, I don't know, what do you want? Some new, some I'm all right. new dungarees? No. No? I think I'm okay. I think I might be the wealthy one. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is Scotland we're talking about. Oh, that's true. You didn't I mean... always go to Florida, you know? <laughs> Amazing. Um, so, anyway, let's talk about what we're going to talk about. What we're here for um, this episode. This oh, lovely. Week. We are talking this week to the amazing Emily of Fox and Moon. Fox and Moon Sleep. She's on Instagram. Fox and Moon or Fox and the Moon? Fox and the Moon, I, I think, think it is. Um, Emily is a holistic sleep consultant. And during this episode, we talked to her about that what that means the different things that she's found herself branching out into um talking about oral tension talking about tongue tie talking about other reasons why babies wake um emily gives some really good tips on the newborn um sleep kind of you know those bits that you need to consider what's normal what's not um and then we have a really lovely long conversation where we just kind of you know chat about Stuff we wish we'd have known as first-time parents. Yeah, I think what Emily does is so incredible. Yeah. Um, I think as parents, we so often think about what we are doing wrong and, mm-hmm. you know, what time they're going to bed and things like that. And these things, they can be important, 
but there's there's so much more to it isn't there and i think yeah. emily really does bring in all those other factors so it that really you can did. actually find answers for if your child is a really shit yeah. sleeper and it's more than sleep isn't it she doesn't just go this is how we're going to make your baby sleep yeah. she looks into the why it's not a quick fix it is a let's sort your baby out so that they're good now but also when they are mm. older they are sorted she's amazing and what she's doing is really important um and i can't shout her praises enough so enjoy this episode um and yeah catch you in a bit bah! so we are here with emily from fox and the moon how are you i'm all right how are you not too bad thank you very much um God. we're just in the office for our one day a week without certain children Oh, not without no children. Yeah, but of course. Got one little cling on. Yeah. Couldn't possibly (laughs) one kind of a child with us. (laughs) Always away. Hopefully he will be nice and quiet through this, but if you can hear him in the background, you will just have to understand. That is our life. (laughs) And Uh, deal with it. Yeah. Um, So Emily is awesome. Um, Emily um, has been an integral part of my journey to sleep. (laughs) <laughs> really because without Emily I don't think I'd be getting any sleep right now um, and you do that for a hell of a lot of people really don't you I do yeah pretty good just doing all right you know <laughs> <laughs> um and yeah so Emily is a holistic sleep consultant is that the best way of saying it alongside yeah. many other things I think holistic's the right word to use. I just think it's bandied about mm. an awful lot. Um, and I think still people are a little bit unsure about what that actually means. And I think some people under- will think, oh, they've branded themselves holistic and gentle, so there'll be no crying. And then sometimes they'll hire somebody that brands themselves as that, and there is crying. So I feel like even within the sleep industry, it's not, it's being used as a marketing term, unfortunately. Um, but once you kind of really understand what that means, it makes a lot of sense. What we tend to do mm. is we ask some icebreaker question um, just because we want to get the goss from you on these things. We will ask you the questions just because and then maybe we can finish up with just a few tips for yeah, parents who are <laughs> yeah. you know, oh, about <laughs> sleep um perhaps you know what what signs to look out for with sleep because obviously babies have this kind of reputation for not sleeping <laughs> and <laughs> bad rep and <laughs> parents just don't know what is a normal you know baby yeah. wakes frequently to you know make sure that they can check that their caregiver is nearby and what is okay this is fucking excessive and line mm. things so let's start with the questions and then we will mm-hmm. give parents some little <laughs> tips on what they should be looking out for with their baby 100%. so question number one this one is my favorite question ever if you could pick a dream meal to have after what would it be so you can go like all out we don't have to just be like you know whatever it can be anywhere in the world anytime what would you have what would be like your perfect thing after birth to have that you've met, you know? It would be my mum's roast chicken dinner Ooh. with her homemade gravy with, with Richmond sausages on in the roast dinner. Richmond sausages, the ones full of shit. Richmond sausages, that is controversial, I'd say. That's pretty... <clears throat> Those are a basic plate- sausage. It's a very basic sausage and it's the way my mum, it's the way my mum cooks them until they're quite nearly burnt. (laughs) So my mum is the best cook in the world, but her roast dinners, she does brilliant roast dinners, but my favourite is, and this is, I'm going into detail here. Do it. Roast chicken breast, no leg, no thigh, none of that, thank you. Wrong, yeah. Crispy roast potatoes, Richmond sausages, slim ones, um cabbage salty cabbage nice. I don't know what I don't like cabbage apart from when my mum cooks it uh carrots yorkshire puddings and her gravy thank you oh nice set for life uh are we doing a pudding here yeah definitely oh, yeah. <laughs> in. what drink you having as well like drink oh I don't know because it'd be after labor mm. so 
I'm obsessed with Pepsi Max, like is an un, unreal addiction there. So it'd probably be like an ice cold pint of Pepsi Max with ice and a straw. Any lemon, lime? You popping any mm. lime? A bit of fruit in it, or mm, maybe lemon. But I, 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 you know, I'd be okay with if it didn't have any okay. citrus flavors. Ice cubes. Ice cubes, yeah. Yeah. Um, dessert. Oh, I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm a very desserty person as well. Me too. You can have two. Do you know you what? As many as you want. You can have one of those little plates where you have bits of all different types. Oh yeah. No, but do you know what? I think it, I think, I think it, oh, this is really, really boring. I think I'd have like a Snickers. <laughs> what about or a ice cream? You know, the one a Snickers get. ice cream. Yeah. Or something like, oh, like a, like an ice creamy sundae thingy with loads of sauce and a mm. Snickers. <laughs> Jammed in yeah. the top. Yeah, I like. But that. when when I actually had Henry, so I'd been I'd been put under general, so I'd had the tube down my throat. Oh, that's sore. And right? all sore, but like the dryness, right? There's mm. no amount of liquid that gets rid of that that that. It's like the Sahara Desert <laughs> in there. And I remember I needed a KFC, needed it. My mum went and got it to me and I, I put it in my mouth, but had no moisture, oh, no, no saliva. <laughs> so it was just like chewing. And I was like, I can't even swallow it. There's no, there's no saliva helping me out here. And then, and then it was a fridge chocolate milkshake as soon as I woke up after having Henry and I downed the bitch. Yeah, I bet you did. So is that what you yeah. have after both of your... Um... What did you have I can't remember what that? I had after. I can't remember what I ate after. After I think I was in that much shock, yeah. and I was that tired. I don't think I ate anything for like the first three or five days. I had horrendous postpartum psychosis with after. Oh wow! Um, so people were literally spoon feeding me, and I was sat there like this. And my mum would literally put food in my mouth and go chew. Uh, it was horrendous. But uh, yeah, Hen- um, Henry, I did like. I was like KFC. No. It was very disappointing. KFC chips are always KFC dry. chips are bullshit. Yeah. I hate KFC I chips. I think they're better in the last couple of years. I yeah. used to fucking mm. hate KFC. <laughs> and then nowadays it's one of my favourites. The boneless mm. strips and the chips are now skin on fries. Which the boneless bits. Barbecue oh. boneless bits. My God. I think I know what I'm going to do for lunch now. <laughs> but I live in the middle of, I literally live in, in like quite a rural area. Like any, the nearest big shops and takeaway, it's like a 40 minute drive. <laughs> oh no. I oh, know. Oh. Anyway. We don't get any takeaways to my village either. And it absolutely. No. Alex is my partner, so she can have whatever she fuck she wants. Oh. Anytime. Anytime. <laughs> um, last question. What would be your one bit of advice to a newly pregnant person? I feel like I know what this might be. I don't know if there's just one I think it would be a paragraph <laughs> sorry okay, go on I think I'd like to say from now you can trust every instinct your body tells you and that is not going to stop after you have your child um, that instinct from today is going to see you through the rest of your parenting journey Oh, I like that's that. so lovely. Well, I know what I mean. <laughs> the audio clip on Instagram. Yes. <laughs> Me sounding very uh, philosophical, and then going, I downed, a, I, I downed that bitch after a fridge milk. <laughs> there was no saliva to help me with my care. Yeah, there was no saliva, and I couldn't do it. <laughs> Um, so yeah. let's talk um, very briefly, kind of your top tips for new parents then when it comes to sleep, like what what do you wish new parents knew? If you could, right now, you've probably got a hell of a lot of new parents listening to this or people that are pregnant, mm-hmm. like what do they need to know? What would what would be like the thing? What's normal? What do they need to be looking yeah. at? For? Yeah. Maybe the okay, same, so there's something else going on. Newborns um, breathe in very weird cycles and it can be quite alarming if you do not know that. They can go they can go from breathing very heavy to slowly to kind of stopping for a few seconds to breathing to slowly. Um, so be aware of that. <laughs> the, uh, the first thing is there is absolutely no bad habits. I would ask you if you're breastfeeding to feed your child to sleep because it is the most natural, easiest thing to do in the world. 
contact nap. There's no schedule. Your baby doesn't have a body clock. There, the normal is for the first three months, they will sleep for 18 hours a day, wherever, whenever they want to do it. And that's fine. The only thing you have control over is keeping it light, bright and noisy during the day and dark and quiet during the night. So when they are ready, when their circadian rhythm does mature, they already have that kind of positive and kind of sensory awareness of night and day. Um, my other thing would be that if you have a baby who is crying excessively, you're struggling a lot with feeding, breastfeeding should not hurt. No matter what anybody tells you, mm -hmm. it's not something you have to just wait for your nipples to toughen up. You don't have to curl your to toes for the first few days. Bullshit shouldn't hurt. If it does get some feeding support, um, in terms of sleep, I think the best thing you can think about when you've got a new baby is actually not thinking about sleep. Keep things safe, keep things light and bright during the day, keep things dark and quiet during the night, they're my top tips. And do not worry about any bad habits. Sleep is physiological, therefore you're not gonna do anything that prevents your child from sleeping. And if, they, if you get to the point where your child is not sleeping and waking up, every single hour for a long long time get some help yeah <laughs> yeah I mean I wish somebody had said that to me first time around yeah and me it's it's just it's so simple isn't it and it should be oh and there's actually one thing I really would like to say is oh. do not google anything about your child's sleep because the the People that write about sleep are coming from an industry that are not regulated. They might not have any qualifications and they have businesses to run. Therefore, they might have Google ads. So the first thing you type into Google about your child's sleep might be a blog written by somebody who knows shit all about sleep. And most importantly, will be telling you to do things that go against your instincts. So don't fall for that because it's marketing. It's not legit. Yeah. Yeah, and if it feels wrong, it probably is. It's probably it is. not worth doing. Yeah, no. If you someone's telling you put your baby down and ignore them, and that doesn't seem right to you, it's not right. If it no, feels exactly. right to you to you know your baby's falling asleep and you're thinking, oh, I'm just enjoying this cuddle. Don't stop mm. doing it just because someone's like, oh, they're gonna have to learn to sleep alone. But it'll happen. What well, I don't sleep alone. No, exactly. And it's but so do you know what? To me. You don't still sleep against your mother's chest either i know i wish i could well, oh, lovely. Oh, you managed to grow out of that just fine yeah i i still at the age of 32 because of the way my mum parented me and because of how you know her bed was was there for me to go and get into if i felt poorly or sad my mum still has this this amazing like calming even though she's anxious as fucking like a bumblebee that just never bloody <laughs> stops buzzing there's something about her and her smell and her presence that makes me feel safe even at the age of 33 Aww. and that that is amazing that we've got that bond and relationship but that that is how I want to be yeah. as a mom I want my I want my presence to be comforting and um you've yeah. just got to keep remembering that that you are you know it's not until children are, are babies are much older that they even understand they're not not you <laughs> that yeah. they are their own person yeah. um so that's massively important to to know yeah what a lovely mum you've got oh, oh yeah congratulate her for me for being so lovely <laughs> i will i'm gonna get her to listen to this and then she'll be like oh my god that was that was wonderful no she will uh, <laughs> i'm so glad you don't mind that i almost burned the sausages <laughs> I know. No, but that's what that's it. It is it's an that's intentional. Like yeah, I'm like, mom, they're not they're not quite done enough. They're not charcoal yet. <laughs> so you are not just finding ways for parents to make their children sleep. You are looking at the whole picture and seeing what can be changed about their environment, their sleep hygiene, and having a look at maybe what underlying issues there might be that's preventing a baby from being able to get lots of restful sleep. Yeah. And I think because of my own personal journey and a lot of what I talk about, I've kind of accidentally become the person that people will come to if their children are really unsettled and the parents feel in their gut that something needs to 
to be to be investigated and that doesn't mean anything serious but just looking in to sleep a bit more um yeah it kind of accidentally started to attract a lot more of those clients so I've kind of really found what I enjoy doing now um through what I'm interested in I suppose and 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 how I think it gets to the point where when you are working with the amount of, of people that I do that are struggling it makes you even more kind of concerned at the amount of sleep training that's happening and how much that's masking problems um and I think in society in general we're we're missing like pediatrics children well-being in general there's just this gray or black hole that children are slipping into they're either kind of put on long-term adult dose of omeprazole for reflux or they're put on laxatives for chronic constipation and nobody's really thinking about why and it's you know it's important to say I'm not a health professional but I can unpick this situation with parents and signpost them to the correct people um and and I strongly believe that there is absolutely even more so now absolutely no room and no no need at all to sleep train a baby yeah I am 100% on board with that the amount of I have friends who have babies and then they are pushed by the old generation so you just need to leave them you just need to leave them to stop like you know when I had mm-hmm. my first I did sleep training a bit with him because the um the health visitor said you need to you have yeah. to do it and I didn't know any better and it wasn't until no. I found out and I was like oh god like I would never ever entertain that now but you don't know what you don't know do you exactly and that's I come from that place too you know eight years ago and I had my first son the information about sleep that I was consuming led me down a certain route to be thinking that the only way any of us will ever sleep is if I teach in inverted commas him to sleep so I did it um and you know when I first trained as a sleep coach the course was sleep training heavy and I was like okay this is the way people do it like this is what we have to do um and quickly realized that I just didn't sit right with me because I was in it with those parents I just thought this this got to be another way here and then fell into kind of researching more about holistic sleep and then getting my qualification in in holistic sleep um and everything else that's come after that and then I think some parents will come to me and and I guess it's like a a business, you know, if you've got your messaging correct within your business, you attract the people you enjoy working with. Yeah. Um, And I feel like that's all come together in the last 18 months or so for me. Like I don't get parents that are like, oh, hang on a minute. I thought you were going to teach us how, how to, how to achieve this. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. There are some people uh, perhaps if the dad or the mom has researched, they want to work with me and the other parents a bit like, hang on, what, what are we talking about here? Why are we talking about all this other stuff? um but then when those parents I, I I say like get the bug and they understand they're like oh my god why is this not mainstream information yeah um, I feel like you're very good with your messaging with that like and I think that you know your Instagram especially if you're not following Emily you should absolutely go and do it um <laughs> and we'll put uh the link in the show notes your Instagram makes it very very clear I think what you believe and how you go about things and I think that's really important like we find the same like we are very clear in our messaging and if somebody finds us and we're not for them then that's cool but like I think you 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 basically your marketing is brilliant is what I'm trying to say well so is yours and do you know what's funny is that I have a my best friend that I have been best friends with since I was three years old we just are inseparable and when I set up Fox in the Moon, she was like, you need, I, I want, I, she's birth obsessed. And she was like, I want to do hypnobirthing training. Um, and maybe we could do like Fox in the Moon, Fox in the Moon, Fox in the Moon hypnobirthing. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. And she did a course with somebody and she was like, actually, I don't think I want to do this. It's really boring. Mm-hmm. And it's not what I wanted to do. And then she was like, I found these guys, right? And they are us. I think they're just, they swear and everything. And it's amazing. And I was like, oh, who is it? And then that she showed me like your stuff. And I was like, Tiff, this is, this is, <laughs> these are the people for you. Um, so yeah, you, that that's a really good example of how somebody has chosen kind of you guys because of what you talk about. And it is really, really important um and I I, I just have to be kind of I don't want people to assume that I am an expert in in tongue tie and I know everything there is to know about feeding I know everything there is to know about osteopathy I know 
I know a lot. I know what I'm looking for, but I, I am not, I'm kind of the vehicle that transports these people to the help they need and hold their hand while they do it um and and stay with them until sleep is better and they feel not in a mental health crisis which a lot of people are and you're very good at it like you and I have had like you know voice messages between us either Instagram and things like that and you know I think without you um Alex and I probably wouldn't have ended up where we are and that's just because you know a few voice might have been thought about Mm. this and those little suggestions Mm really important because you know I'm very happy to look into things and research things but I don't necessarily know where to start so those stepping yeah, yeah. stones that you give people like honestly you're making such a difference to people's lives like mm. River is now waking up four times a night only yeah amazing which is really really good we've got on a floor bed now like we are yeah. going to osteopath every other week like we're doing all this stuff that I don't think I'd have thought about or if I yeah. would have it would have taken me longer to get there if I hadn't got you there so I just think Aww. you've been you've been wonderful well even with you. the older guys yeah um, I think we might have found Dr Seb the biological dentist through uh something that you'd shared in your story mm. sharing one of his reels or something so um mm. I personally don't think that we'd have even got as informed started that journey yeah mm. getting informed about how like oral dysfunction has maybe impacted our older boys and how we can do something about it and can you see how there is like this and this is any this is not NHS bashing but there's like a, a clear path through kind of mainstream healthcare so you've got you have a baby let's say you aren't informed of your birth cho- choices and you just go into it you know as people do uh, whatever happens happens but actually what happens is they feel out of control. They feel like decisions were made without their consent. They then have this baby that's screaming 24-7. Parents are shell-shocked because of this birth that didn't go how they wanted it to go. They then have this screaming baby that they're told is normal, purple crying, or grow out of it by the three yeah. by the time they're three months. Oh, oh actually, they've started being sick. Okay, well, here's some Gaviscon. Here's some Pepsol. The parent goes back and says, well, now my baby's constipated and is being sick more and then they battle it they kind of muddle through muddle muddle through nine months comes baby's waking every hour I'm at breaking point I don't know what to do health visitor comes in why don't you do disappearing chair or control crying parents try that it works for a couple of days then they're back to square one the parents feel at fault they feel like they are doing something wrong they feel like they are not they're not a they're not they're not enjoying their parent journey as they should I think parenting is so difficult for people these days because of those issues um and it doesn't have to be that way all we need is is and I I know this is very easy for me to say and it's not it's not as straightforward as this but we need somebody to be with those parents later pregnancy and yeah like like a, a bit like a doula but somebody who is is trained in all of these things that can really help that family and they have uh, a holistic and when I say holistic I mean somebody just looking at the why why is this happening why is your baby crying five hours a day why is your baby being sick after every feed Um, and the nice guidelines state that any child that's being sick or is struggling with reflux the first step is an infant feeding assessment we know that's not happening and when it and even when it is it's not thorough enough. The person's not trained to spot for oral dysfunction or ties. And then you enter this whole kind of world of misinformation and, and kind of medical papers in different sections of like, so there's myofunctional and then there's muscular tension. Then nobody's putting it all together and being like, right. And and there's, yes, evidence is massively important, but when when you are working with 12 families a week, and having the same conversation it's I I get I have to take a moment and be like right Emily you literally cannot do any more than you're doing about this and but it's maddening and I think my whole purpose of coming on and and doing kind of Fox and the Moon was because of the experience I had with my children and when you know that history is repeating itself 5,000 times a day it's it's gutting it's devastating and um, you know obviously we've we have said that we don't want NHS bash and things like that but unfortunately people have this like trust of you know 
the medical point of view, the NHS, you know, these people, they know what I need. They, they couldn't possibly have such gaps in their knowledge. Yeah. So, you know, someone's having like recurrent mastitis or, you know, baby's got like reflux and you say, have you considered tongue tie? And they're like, oh yeah, uh, midwife checked and said that it doesn't have one or, oh, uh, that does actually seem like it could be the thing. I'll go to the GP on Monday. And you think, yeah, that's probably not going to help you, unfortunately. And it is a case of you don't know what you don't know. We are very informed about where these gaps are. Yeah. And that actually, if we want to solve a problem, we may have to do that ourselves. We may have to seek, yeah. uh, you know, an expert <clears throat> somewhere. And it is such a shame that not not all parents either know that they have to do that or can actually afford to go and do that. That's it, isn't it? And I think people get quite cross with me when I'm like, you have not not my clients but if I'm answering questions or talking about something online and I say it might worth visiting an osteopath and those people say well I can't do that and I you know I'm not saying I'm not assuming that everybody can but I have to you know just like you two you can't not say it exactly um and you know it's like me saying I, I only ever recommend Faye at Rockaby Hub or, or Carmel at the Tongue Tie Centre and her team to assess and treat ties. But parents feel like I'm I'm inconveniencing them by sending them on a journey. But when you, the reason why is because I only have that child's best interest at heart. And I have had so much experience of people not getting the right care. And if anybody's listening to this now who has a tongue tied baby, they've had it treated and there's no change that's not you and it's not your baby you haven't had unfortunately perhaps I'm assuming the right care or and and yeah it's just a whole it's a whole minefield isn't it and it's it's just really hard to I think people must think that I'm like paid by these people I recommend it's it's it is not the case it's simply because obviously to protect my work and what I do I want to see that this baby gets better too because otherwise I've not done a good enough job so it's hard it's really hard it is and, and you do have to do a lot of work yourself yeah. we're saying we will only recommend Carmel now <laughs> like yeah if anybody like we're in Northampton if anybody says to us like there's people in Northampton however we know that the trip down to London is well worth it um mm-hmm. and something like you know where we were saying about people they they just accept what the GP says and they just, you know, they go through births and they have these experiences where they feel like stuff happened to them. I mm-hmm. totally think this is where hypnobirthing, and we always say this, like a hypnobirthing course can set you up for those, once you've had your baby, asking the right questions as well. Like it gives you- Absolutely. To enable you to go and, you know, you question what the what's happening throughout your birth and through your labor. You make sure that you are getting what is right for you and your baby. And mm-hmm. actually, this is where I totally came into myself second time around with my daughter, because I was like, well, I've got all these tools now and I know how to be like, no, I don't think that's right. Actually, I'll go and research this. And yeah, GPs hate me. Of course they do, because I go in and I go, well, I don't think that's right, actually. Mm. And they go, mm. and I'm like, you can look it up on Google if you want. And they end up, like, Google pop type what I've put in and they go, okay, no, you are right. Yeah. And, and people don't believe you when you say that. Like, they no. think that you're making it up. But it is, um, and again, we're not like NHS bashing at all. It's a wonderful service. Very, very lucky to have it. But they don't know everything. No, and it's half a service. Yeah. Yeah, and, and we, we, are, we are a society that put healthcare professionals on pedestals. Mm-hmm. When you have an, experience, an unfortunate experience, perhaps like my journey with Henry, and you start to, it's, I always say to parents, it's almost like you, you have to turn on light bulbs in their heads. Yeah. If you ask the right questions and, and shout loud enough, not in, not in a way that you are literally screaming in the face, but you are making yourself, heard yeah that that triggers something like these these health professionals have got medical degrees they are there to save lives and they do that very well but but well-being side of things it's very much I do not have the time to sit and discuss this with you as much as I'd love to but I have to make sure that you leave here okay so here's some medication and medication is is needed we have to we have to be getting to the parents before they have these babies. And that's why you guys are so important. We have to, it's like when I say, you know, a dream would be to run some kind of NCT 
class, not birth prep, but like this is what could happen. But then are you thinking, am I making these parents dread their baby arriving yeah. and these things happening? And, and there's got to be a way of being like, right, this is this is how feeding should look. This is how, and and I don't think that's being done thorough enough. If a, if if somebody has sleep issues, reflux, colic, we have to start with feeding. Even sleep feeding has to come first because if that child is uncomfortable feeding, they're going to be uncomfortable sleeping. It's like it's common sense, yeah. But it's not. We've not got those people that are connecting those dots for the families that cannot afford to go and get help. Yeah, and um, it's hard as well, isn't it? I think <clears> because a lot of people, when they are pregnant, they don't think about what happens after the birth. People don't prioritise it. They don't prioritise themselves. Um, and I've been guilty of that. Absolutely. I think, you know, most people are. And I don't know about you, but you, when you try and talk to people when they're pregnant sometimes about the potentials, what could happen in your postnatal time, that it could be difficult. Some people will be like, I don't, why are you trying to scare me? What are you trying to Yeah, yeah. I'm... That this isn't me being like oh you'll never sleep again and um, this is me being like here's some things that could happen here's how we troubleshoot that here's how we do that and actually we've found that when we've tried doing stuff like that we do get a resistance and I'm sure you have the same sort of thing where you get a yeah. bit of pushback from people yeah is it. it sometimes I will go so when I do a consultation let's say that person's just booked me for an hour's call so before that I will look at feeding crying get extensive history on an intake form and a sleep diary so that I can if I've got any questions about what's going on I can make sure that I have further evidence in what they've given me to suggest that some parents rightly so feel a little bit like they should have known these things and that's the point we don't we do not know because we're not told it's not yeah. that this this whole parent blaming culture that we live in is is so unnecessary and I just think actually if we gave people the right information or at least access to this information should they need it yeah. what could we do for maternal mental health rates what could we do for babies that grow up and have sleep apnea and large tonsils massive adenoids are are having night terrors are having behavioral difficulties why have we not asked why and seen a pattern from when that child's been newborn yeah. kids just don't grow massive tonsils for no reason yeah. um no well, that's a whole other story there? like there's no research into this no like, um and the, I think half the reason for there being very little research into anything like this is who's make who's it making money for like exactly. the, there's never any evidence or research into mm. stuff where there's no like large company that is making money and unfortunately yeah, that's just so the any research that there is has been done with a small budget and small yeah. Yeah. small groups and things like that people yeah. doing it for through like a love and a passion rather than yeah. like how can we sell a product we need to prove exactly that product is and it, it's like um osteopathy so in certain countries children cannot or do not leave hospital without osteopathy treatment um there was a time when I think that I, I don't know exactly kind of where or when or for how long there was osteopath there was osteopaths in NICU units that would because babies are laying in a similar position and they obviously can't move because they're tiny and they're poorly and they've got the tubes and like the studies I've read where that's been happening have been astonishing and the countries that that value pediatric osteopathy the healthcare. Uh, sorry the well-being of those children not just then but as they grow because parents have had an awareness of their body and tension is is out you know it's a no-brainer and the osteopath that I work closely with that's treated my children and honestly the most amazing woman I've ever met and she very much says all I want is any baby born via forceps or emergency c-section or well <laughs> any kind of assisted delivery where that child has been removed for want of a better word by their head yeah that they get an immediate referral to osteopathy and any child that's been exposed to antibiotics immediately after birth get given a prescription of probiotic that she believes that would be transformative for the next like our future generations like that would and I believe that like yeah. if we yeah. can if we can give a child osteopathic treatment at birth and they've got a lot of oral tension 
that is behaving as if the tongue is tied those parents then go and get a tongue tie cut and the person cutting it is only kind of looking at that frenulum when it perhaps doesn't actually need cutting it's the tension do you know what I mean like it's just it is incredible it's an amazing thing and I I still don't understand it like I don't Mm. understand how it works I don't understand what they're doing but it's magic like River had it done at like five days old because he was when he was born he was all like he he didn't have a bridge on his nose Mm. his eyes were completely closed for days and days he was very furrowed and they went to the osteopath and I don't know what he did but his face there and then changed yeah and it was magic like I cried Mm. because I was like I don't Mm. understand what's just happened but it's incredible like when you can see the results there and then and then you see mm. other babies that are looking uncomfortable. And it is a mm. look of uncomfortableness. Mm. And I, part of me, like, I've there's somebody on Instagram I follow who's just had a baby. And it's got the same face as what River had. And I want to message and go, that's really cute. Have you ever thought yeah, about yeah. that? But then I'm like, oh, my God, am I, is that rude? Yeah. Am I saying that River looks weird? Yeah. And I mean, I yeah. know, I'm saying your baby's mm. got a face on it. Like, it looks like it's uncomfortable because I've seen it. Yeah, but- yeah. It's ex- I, I exactly the same. Good family friend of my parents daughter's just had a baby and he's posting pictures every day and it's I'm like dude I, I I've even I've because she lives locally to me and I was like I really could do with like a newborn model for my course to show sleep safe sleep setup and feeding and I'm like would you would you be interested because I'm like if I can yeah. you know be there and explain and that's that's the thing you kind of get this like oh my god should I shouldn't I should I yeah. I look at babies and think whoa you're tongue-tied but yeah. not gonna say anything um and it's like when I see a baby being bottle fed you know if you're out in a cafe and babies lay in the crook of an arm and the bottles up kind of just pouring milk in their mouth and they're spilling it everywhere and I'm like holy moly but that is not the parents fault they're just we are not given bottle feeding support that's not a thing but it's needed it's absolutely needed the amount of children that I work with that are waking up with excessive wind and reflux you change the way they're the position they're feeding and their their teeth and it's changed it's just and I think like yeah. people see this as like this you know oh this newfangled stuff but actually like if we go back into the past it would have been some old granny going oh look at the tension in that like fascinating mm, like mm. I'll sort him out like it would just be knowledge that somebody in your community would have to we're just missing, sort yeah. out yeah we are missing our exactly village, we? we are missing our village and I think that with us talking about how there's not a lot of evidence, what I found through kind of my own research is that there are there there is really strong evidence for all of these things, but you have to look for them in a roundabout way. So like myofunctional evidence, you know, there's a lot about preteens and, and young adults being um, sleep apnea, uh, improving with myofunctional therapy, for example. <laughs> but why are we letting it get to that point? And then myofunctional therapy isn't a thing on the NHS. And that when I said before about there being this like pathway through the NHS of all these things that happen, when you think about people like Dr. Seb, when you think about um, Inram uh, Rangzeb at Town Hall Dental, Carmel, Faye, Katrina um, Rogers, who's Henry's myofunctional therapist, they, that's, that that it may when you learn about what those people are doing it's functional well-being right that's what we need people aren't a function (laughs) we need our function exploring instead of like oh well let's treat that symptom what we're not doing that baby or that child any favors by just medicating yes medication's needed but also why is it needed yeah, it's um, they, they treat the symptom, not the problem. Yeah. And that's crap, isn't it? Like, why yeah. aren't we working out what the... Let's find out the problem and then let's troubleshoot that as opposed to being like, yeah. right, you've been sick all the time. Here's the medication to stop that. Or that's yeah. the medication to cause something else. Let's get the medication to cause that, to stop yeah. that. Like, it's that, it's, an, it, it's the cascade of interventions that we talk about through birth, but yeah. with the baby instead. Yeah. And I did a post a couple of, a couple of months ago now that was like, the first, I can't remember the wording of it. I should have got it up before I came on. But I did, the first post was like, baby born with, with intervention. And then the second one was, I don't know, baby um, having a head preference. And then the next one was baby's got reflux. And it was like a, a the yeah. amount of hate on that post. Like, well, how dare you kind of say that intervention isn't needed? That's that, I'm not 
I'm not saying intervention isn't needed. I'm just saying that when it is needed, there needs to be follow on care for that baby. That is all. I had two horrendous first emergency section, second intubated while awake, 10 centimeters, knock me out C-section. Horrendous. Yeah. Like they cut Henry's leg. You've got a big oh scar God. still because they have of how they got him out. Um, that's trauma. That's tra- That's a traumatic yeah. event for for the whole family. That is a traumatic event. It saved my life. It saved Henry's life. Do I regret it? No, I regret that nobody listened to me for the four hours beforehand. That yeah. when I was saying I was quite clearly this baby was coming out. Um, so it's 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 that and like the work you guys are doing. That that's why that is vital because if you can. Help, a par- help parents go into that situation feeling empowered, knowing the choices and potentially avoiding uh, a birth with high intervention, then that baby's less likely to struggle with tension and therefore colic and reflux. Um, and you look at pictures of my son, Henry, now, like from when he was tiny, and I'm like, I'm, I'm talking about this stuff and how it's important. I didn't know that three, th- nearly four, three and a half years ago when he was born. There's one picture in particular of him sat in a, in a like a little baby garden chair and he looks like the Michelin man and he's got absolutely no neck. His chin's touching his chest. His shoulders are up here. His arms are so stiff. They're just like, and I remember taking that picture and howling, laughing at how ugly that kid looked. And he wasn't <laughs> ugly. <laughs> but I was like, guys, look at Henry in this picture, like 10 ton Timmy, ha ha ha. He's got his double chin from his mom. No, mate he's just full of tension and he's got an 80% tongue tie. Um, so it's not like I'm saying, ah, I, you know, I know, I knew all of this. My children are these angels that are sailing through life. And uh, no, actually what I do and what I talk about has come from real trauma. Um, and it's important to understand that because you don't want to assume that people know this stuff. Cause like we said, we don't get, the information and that's my ultimate dream in life is to have like a hub a build a big building people come in they're like this is how I feel this is how I'm struggling there's an osteopath there's a tongue tie practitioner yeah. there's an infant feeding specialist and a sleep coach and we all wrap our arms around that that family and help them that's like well goals. that's needed that would be like if you could do that that'd be wonderful how are you sorting that out then mate come on so I think what I'm gonna do possibly um maybe rob a bank or um remortgage my house uh no it's not gonna happen is it unless can we win the lottery unless i win the lottery absolutely yeah i'll play that on friday okay good no but 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 i I might start might might start my (laughs) chance uh the sign from the universe um yes that's what i'm saying it's like an actual it's like a daydream i have um how amazing would that be like oh, there's a little cafe with cake yeah. and a little soft play for the older kids. And there's just this nice community, like warming yeah. vibe. And people don't have to pay for it. Don't, people don't have to pay for it. That's what I want to do. Whether that, I, I, I don't know, if anybody's listening to this and wants to lend me like 30 million pounds, um, <laughs> <laughs> let's make it happen. Though, it's what the NHS should be. I know there's like other countries, I can't remember what it was, I was reading something the other day where an American was in like a country in Europe and she found a lump in her breast and she went to somewhere on the day and they were like, I found this lump. She was like, okay, cool. You um, go through to that room, we'll scan and we'll find out. And I was like, my God, how long do we have to wait here for stuff like that? And like, I know. You know and when it comes it's... to like baby sleep, especially, it's not like you go to a GP and go, my baby's not sleeping. And they go, well, let's see, look into this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, exactly. Don't they don't, yeah, GPs don't have the time to do that. No. They don't have kind of the resources to then follow up with that family. But B, they get zero training yeah. on sleep, which is out or feeding, mind-blowing. Yeah. It's bonkers. Um, it? it is absolutely insane. And... I just there's got to be there's got to be a way here there's got to be some change we we can make like yeah. I have a client who is an AD consultant that I worked with possibly 18 months ago or more now um and absolutely love her still stay in touch with her she's become a really kind of lovely friend and she came to me and was like my baby won't stop crying he's waking every 40 minutes I was like have you thought he might have reflux 
can you show me a, a video of him feeding? And she was like, it, it ended up that he had a lot of tension. He had a tongue tie. He had an allergy to garlic and something else. Oh, what an allergy. He's like, I know, oh, but quite common actually, like really? being sensitive. Oh. Yeah, oh, I, I don't, I don't know if I want to deep dive into that because I, I'm, I'm scared I'll be ripped to shreds for not having the evidence. But um, <laughs> of what I, <laughs> however, that 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 A and E emergency medicine consultant was saying to me, I did not know this, and so she like she's got a massive kind of fire in her belly now to change things. So you know. I'm I'm quite hopeful that we will get somewhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think you're, it's doing, just... you're you're doing amazingly though, getting the word out. Like you are growing on Instagram like significantly, mm. and I see mm. your posts shared amongst like our instructors like on the regular. Oh, really? Yeah, which is brilliant. So you are mm. getting like the information out there, and I think you do it in such a relatable way that it's not mm. like baffling for new parents. Yeah, I also no, think um, you don't skirt around stuff. I yeah, said which, to um, we you, love it when you you did a post. <laughs> was it last? Would have been last Friday. I saw your post about like reflux not being a disease. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think it was it was about multiple things, but that was one of the things that were mentioned. Like our children are being failed. Um, yeah, and I before it had any comments, I thought I'm gonna keep an eye on this. And waiting, <laughs> waiting for all the parents popping in, like, well, my son has yeah. Um, of and course they those comments came and I messaged Jade like I love Emily she is no bullshit is she because it's like <laughs> I, it's so easy to just go oh okay I'm glad that helped you but actually you're like well you actually service, actually like, no yeah. like there is a reason mm. for this and it should be looked into I think I think that comes from like I'm generally quite a I hate confrontation and you both just picked those up at exactly the same time <laughs> <laughs> um you both went <laughs> um <laughs> I hate confrontation I I like everybody everybody is my friend and I don't know what happens I feel like perhaps I am I have got a lot of personal grief and anger and trauma from from what I, I have gone through with Henry and that comes out in in me you know I understand when people say you can't just say that Emily because it might send people you know that's that's worried me or that's panicked me you know that I've read that having massive cheeks and double chin and no neck would mean a tongue tie it isn't it isn't posted for that it's it's posted because if I can just give somebody struggling an avenue to explore you know it's not like I'm saying this could be a sign of a life-threatening illness yeah. you know that that would that's not okay um and when I I think the anger from other people when I say reflux is a disease and somebody that makes somebody feel angry well she's wrong because I was told that it is a disease and actually we gave a mepazole my, my child's fine now my thought there is you are well within your rights to feel like that because that's what you've been told by somebody you trust and actually it worked for your child but I then can't help myself in saying okay your child's fine and has outgrown it do they mouth breathe yeah. do they slightly snore do they constantly have earaches and tonsillitis do they have a food allergy from the amount of time they've been on a meprazole for is their gut quite inflamed do they have diarrhea quite a lot like has your child grown out of it or or do you just not have you not been given the knowledge and it's it's not about you're wrong it's about okay I'm really pleased that you've got the help and your child's fine now the reason for me saying this is because actually the way children outgrow these things is, is they they present in, in other yeah. ways. Um, and it's like when I work with five, six-year-olds and they're not sleeping, that it's still relevant to say, did they have reflux as a baby? How were they born? Um, do they have gluia? Do they have a constant runny nose that's congested? congested? How many times a day do they poo? Um, were they on any medication kind of, as a baby um do you have any videos of them as a baby that I can see this is all relevant um and I'm seeing a, a little girl on on Friday who um she, she's 19 months old and waking every half an hour and I've not done the consultation or anything yet but reading that form it's like holy shit this is not okay it is absolutely not okay that parents are being left without diagnosis for things and yeah 
I literally could talk about this all day and yeah. it really gets my goat. <laughs> I can um, but I yeah. think if you don't, if you don't tell people, if you, it, this is part of the issue we have with like certain birthday things. We could be like, oh, we can't say that because it might upset someone. And I think that you can say that about everything in life though, can't you? Like every, everybody is triggered by everything all the time. And it's not my responsibility to manage somebody else's triggers. They're a grown adult and they need to look into why something is triggering them. If I withhold information because I'm worried it might upset a certain person, then I am doing somebody else a disservice. And so there has, to be a, there has to be a balance here. I shouldn't come out and be like, you know, if you do this, then you are being terrible towards your baby because that's horrible. But I can come out and say, this thing could actually be causing babies um, difficulties. Is this something you have problems with? You know, there's ways of saying things. And actually, I think the way you say things is very balanced. And I don't, some of these triggers aren't your responsibility. They're not. But I think when we understand where those triggers have come from, if that was me, if I was that parent reading a post saying reflux is not a disease, Henry is 10 months old and has been on 20 milligram of omeprazole for the last 10 months of his life, A, I'm going to feel angry that actually this person could be right and I've not had that yeah. information to help my child. And it comes across as challenging and defensive because yeah. you're like, well, 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 actually, why? And as long as you can explain, and you know, the people that do comment those things, I always DM them and I say, look, you you are clearly struggling why don't you send you know do you want me to have a quick chat with you over here and I might say you know if a baby's very young I had a lady yesterday that was like oh my god I've just listened to your frequent night waking podcast and I'm absolutely panicking and I was like well that's not okay I'm really sorry that you're panicking it should have given you you know it should have helped you feel empowered and I'm sorry you felt that way and, and I feel a responsibility for you feeling that way. So, you know, your baby's really young. Send me a video of them crying. Send me a video of them feeding. And then I could say to that person, your baby's compensating, using their cheeks and they're gripping their breast with their lips. Their tongue isn't moving. Where do you live? Oh, I live in such and such a place. Here, go here. Yeah. Done. Like it takes five minutes of my time. And yes, if I did that for every single follower, I wouldn't have a career. Um, and <laughs> and possibly, minutes. no, possibly that's why I am on the brink of a mental breakdown. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but that's the thing, isn't it? If you're going to say something, back it up and be willing to help the person that's feeling a certain way. And no, we can't do that for everybody. That would be insane. But I think it's, you know, if I do see comments like that, I do try and have a conversation with that person because... I would have responded in exactly the same way two years ago. I'd have been like, hang on a minute. How dare you tell me that actually I could have done something to help my child and we could have, we could have stopped 10 years, 10 months of hell. And, and possibly that's where my outspokenness comes from is that anger and grief that I feel for not being able to help my own children. Yeah. Um. So I get it. Like it, it you know, everybody is going to have their, everybody's got a trauma and it's not, you know, one person's trauma might not be another person's trauma. Yeah. But that's that's irrelevant. It's how that person feels and how they've coped with that. And it's something I say to my little boy all the time. If he he get he's very sensitive, tongue tied, um, but very yeah. sensitive and um, emotional. And he cries. And if somebody at school will kind of take the mick out of him for crying, and I will say to him, you know the reason you cried is valid like you your body wanted you to cry and show that emotion and and some just because somebody else wouldn't have cried at what you cried at doesn't make the reason you're crying wrong and it's the same isn't it like you are entitled to feel as angry and as pissed off as you want yeah. to be about your about your experience and that's okay it's just not okay to attack somebody about it like yeah. you've got to do that work like you said and work out why yeah, absolutely. I, and I do think you do a really good job at it, like the way it comes across. Like, obviously, you know, I've been in a situation with somebody whose name I won't mention who genuinely did put the fear of God into me about um, tongue tie and everything. And I, I totally don't think you come across but, that way. <clears throat> do you not think that that was a bit of a strange universe lining up kind of situation? Yeah. Because really you were like, weird. but you were like, I don't know. I feel like this and this is what's been said. And I was like, mate exactly the same thing was said to me and actually your child is young enough to pop a few hours down the road yeah and and get the help you need that was that was a weird and I find that 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 happens a lot 
um in the last couple of years like I do I I do kind of think I'm quite a spiritual person like I do things things will happen and and you know positivity if you put positivity out there you get positivity back but I, I that was a very strange moment for me that conversation because I was like a a it validated my concerns and panic about the situation that I was yeah. in and then when we compared stories and notes it was like okay red flag <clears throat> at least I can tell you and actually you can you can validate my concerns over that situation too yeah, I just felt it was a very kind of bizarre lining yeah. up I, I never planets. used to be spiritual but I definitely have like over the past few years especially like with the business and stuff like I will meet with certain people or connect with people in a way that I'm like this happened at the brilliant a brilliant time like it's very strange how like that has happened and yeah no I um that whole situation was you know very bizarre but I was very glad that I know it's good about it at the time because it was uh helpful um so where can people find you what do you offer where can they come and see what you're up to um I am fox in the moon underscore sleep on Instagram Molly who is working with me who kind of offers evening weekend appointments and has her own kind of speciality and interest in sleep is molly underscore fox in the moon i think molly underscore fox in the moon you are correct thank you <laughs> um and we offer a lot of free advice we do lots of weekly q a's you don't have to pay us anything to get any kind of benefit um if you did want to work with us on a one-to-one -one basis we have packages that start from having an hour's call and a chat which is very beneficial leaves you with lots of things to think about and consider um, stemming right up for for a three month kind of full on support hand holding situation. We can come to your house if you need us to. We I offer feeding assessments um, to identify any causes for reflux and colic or pain, etc. Um, and we also sell PDF sleep guides and we do webinars quite often that are very easily accessible. Um, and there'll be some some other exciting courses and things coming in the future. Um, so yeah amazing and if you don't follow Emily go and do it already because honestly you are a wealth of knowledge and I think the world is a better place for having you and your brain oh in mate oh mate <laughs> thank you oh god <laughs> oh god okay guys oh god <laughs> uh, oh that was lovely thank you pleasure so thank you very much for coming on and we'll speak to you you know on Instagram all the time yes yeah. <laughs> <Bye. laughs> bye, bye. That's us for today. We hope you loved this episode. We'll be back next week with more birthy goodness. In the meantime, come and join us on the gram at The Birth Uprising, where we'll be prattling around and talking all things birthy. If you want more from us, then check out our digital pack at www.thebirthuprising.com. Update.